My Car Guru, episode 209. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of My Car Guru. This is Lenny Lawson, and I am your connection to a better car life. We all have one. We live it. Sometimes we, some of us live a lot more in our cars than others. You know, those of you who have to maybe go on a long commute or your job keeps you in a car. I know I have a lot of radio show listeners that listen because they're working, you know, and riding around in, in their delivery vehicle or calling on clients or whatever, and I appreciate you very much. But yeah, cars are an important part of our life, and that's why I have this radio show. It is my mission to be uh, always available to you. So if you need me, you can either call me or text me on my cell phone at 552-2020. Sorry, area code 423. That's East Tennessee. 552-2020. And you know, that's your line for questions and direct answers from me. Also, uh, you can email me at my new email address. I don't use Lenny Lawson 2020 anymore, except for personal stuff. If you want to use that, you can. But now I have, just to make it easy, mycarguru2020 at gmail.com. That's mycarguru2020 at gmail.com. And what I'm going to ask you to do is email questions in, because I'm doing a new segment as a part of this radio show. It's called Your Mail. And um, I'm going to read one question per day, and, and it's got to come from listeners. So, or I guess it could come from somebody else, but mostly from listeners, or how else would they find out about it? But if you'll take the time to send me your questions, I'll take the time to answer them. Uh, we're also going to do some questions that I received recently from a, a podcast, what do you call it, a, a Facebook group. So in Facebook... You know, you can have a personal Facebook page and you can, you know, show pictures of your grandkids and talk about how great your life is or how miserable it is. Some people do that. Or you can just, um, you know, like I do, I always just try to encourage people. You know, I use my life experiences and hopefully use that to shine a little light on somebody else's life. I, I avoid negativity. I avoid politics. A lot of people just love that. They thrive on controversy and stirring the pot, which I don't. I just try to, uh, you know, give some people something interesting. You know, face it's just weird, you know, what Facebook has become. It's so much more than I think even the creators of it ever thought it would be. And, and of course, I, I don't know what percentage of the people actually use Facebook. I use it for my business. And like I say, I use it to encourage folks and, you know, keep my, my friends and and relatives informed of what's going on in our life. You know, you used to, you just had to wait until you got together on Thanksgiving or Christmas to show your little picture book that you pulled out of your purse or your wallet or whatever. And now, you know, you take a picture right now and you can share it with the world right now. So, I mean, it's, it's changed the world in a lot of bad ways as well. But anyway, um, there is a Facebook group that you can participate in, and it, it can involve anything. It could be Quilters of America. You know, it could be um, anything from uh, Porsche 911 car lovers. They have a group. Uh, one of them is called Buzzsprout Group. What is Buzzsprout? Well, that is the basically the, the tool that I use to launch my podcast. So every radio show that I do, I actually just copy it and send it to post it on the Buzzsprout app. And they send it to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcast and Amazon and all those different places so that people not just in this area can 
can listen to this um, radio show about cars and car-related stuff, but other people in, in other parts of the country can listen as well. So, so I put the question out there to the Buzzsprout community. What kind of content should I have on my show? You know, if I promote my show on Buzzsprout, they don't like that. The administrator will shoot me down and warn me, don't, do not promote your own show. Just talk about what you do to make your show better. So I just thought I'd go in there and say, you know, I've been doing this for about 25 years. Let's see what they think I should talk about. And I had a lot of responses. I had 24 comments from people who wanted to give me, the car guru, advice on things that I should address. The first one was a lady named Celestina. I guess that's how you pronounce that. She said, who can we trust to give us answers? Should I take my car in for all the things the book says at the mileage that it says? Well, that sounds like the kind of thing I talk about. She just needs to listen to the show. Uh, That's a pretty good question. Another lady said, how can I, who don't know much about cars, identify when a dealer or mechanic is trying to rip me off? Well, we did a big episode on that not too long ago about things that you never, or questions that you never want to answer at a car dealership. You know, not that you never want to answer them, because eventually if you're going to finance it or something like that, you're going to have to answer some of them. But when you answer them early in the game, you have the potential to get ripped off. So anyway, that person needs to listen to my show. So here's a few others. Uh, You could do a whole series about how to read misleading window stickers on cars. You could tell people how to pull a car fax, how to figure out if a car has flood damage. Check, check, and check. That, that has all been done this year. What kind of warranties are worth it or not? And here's one. How to negotiate price, especially how to determine what is reasonable. Well, all I can say is these are all more reasons for people to, in this podcast community, to listen to my podcast, although I cannot really help them on the, uh, the group because, like I say, if I promote my own podcast on this group, I get my hand slapped and possibly ejected. So um, hopefully they will maybe tune in someday and get some answers. One of the things that I really wanted to do today is with the cold temperatures coming, what kind of things should you keep in your car? I think that's important because when we get out on the road and traveling these days, uh, you know, if we, we think that we are bulletproof because we have a cell phone in our hands, right? Well, I remember when we didn't have cell phones and what I had to do when I had a flat tire or what I had to do when my car wouldn't start because the battery was dead. There are um, a lot of different things that that can happen to you on the road. And yes, you do run out of signal still in some places and your cell phone can die or just malfunction and not work. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. So we're going to talk about those things and more, and I'll be back here in just a minute. I realize that you can't prepare for everything. You know, I read a book one time that was called One Second After, and I said, hmm, maybe I ought to buy some food, maybe some freeze-dried food, just in case something like that happens. That book scared me. It was written by a guy named, I think, William... Forsham, if that's, I may not be pronouncing his last name right, 
But I'm over here in East Tennessee, and this the the basically the setting for this book was in Western North Carolina. That's pretty close to me, just outside of Asheville. And uh, our enemies set off a some type of a major EMP blast. That's a nuclear explosion that supposedly can take place up in the atmosphere, and it, it just fries anything that has a printed circuit. Well, it put them back in the dark ages. And when you take a bunch of people who are used to, you know, running down to Ingalls or Kroger's or something and buying milk and bread and stuff like that, and all of a sudden, within 24 hours, all of that has been looted. It's gone. No cars work. No phones work. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of lawlessness going on, especially in major cities because of the population um, density. So it, is a, it was a scary thing. Well, we're not going to get that scary. We're just going to talk about your car breaking down or things that you should have in your car just in case it does break down. And and your cell phone is not the only thing that you should have because, as I said before the break, you know, they die. And you get in areas where you don't have a signal and there's you don't see any lights around you. You're out there on the road. you got a flat tire. What do you do? You've never changed a tire before. Should you know how to do that? Absolutely. It should be one of the things that you teach your new drivers to do first thing, if you have ever done it yourself. You know, do you know even know how to loosen a lug nut? And have you ever tried to loosen the lug nuts on a car? Sometimes they're pretty tight. Do you even know what a lug nut is? Maybe you don't. I know in my dealership we used to do women's seminars. And we would invite the ladies, these ladies' groups and stuff like that. There's mostly elderly ladies that would come. Very seldom would the people that really need to, to learn this stuff come. But we would sh- describe everything that's underneath the hood of a car. We'd also put a car up on a lift, or several cars, because we had pretty good attendance. And I had my mechanics and service advisors come in, and we would just kind of give them a walk around of what, what's a car all about? What is When you put on the brakes, what's happening? You know, what does your exhaust system really look like? I mean, people have seen the exhaust pipes, and that's all they know about an exhaust system. Um, you know, as far as the cooling system, you know, if you have a radiator leak or a water pump leak or an oil leak, where could it be coming from? These are things that people need to know, but you especially need to know how to handle certain emergencies. But what kind of things should you have in your car? Well, I'm going to give you a list of things. First thing I think is you should have a set of jumper cables. Now, if, if you break down, let's say you accidentally left your lights on at the mall or at the movie theater or whatever, and your battery's dead. Well, if you don't have jumper cables, um, you're not going to be able to address that situation unless somebody around you has jumper cables. And if there's not another car in the, in, <laughs> in the parking lot, then you're not going to have anything to jump, jump your car off with. So you got to have both of those things, cables and a nice person. So if you have the cables, do you know how to hook them up? Well, that's one of the things that you should know how to do. I know you don't do it very often. Now, you can watch a YouTube video on this, and that's what I'd recommend, or unless you have somebody in your house that can show you how to do it. You know, it's very possible that they don't even know the proper, proper sequence. You know, batteries, I hate to scare you now, batteries can explode. You know, if there's some uh, battery, if some of the gases that are in the battery are leaking, you have crack in the side of the battery and... You get your wires crossed when you're hooking up the batteries. You can create some sparks, and yeah, that can ignite. So you don't want to do that. But So all of these come with a little bit of a caveat. You have to know 
how to use them. If you don't, there could be somebody there that does know how to use them and could save you, but you still have to have the jumper cables. So also when you're buying jumper cables, don't buy, don't skimp on them. Don't buy the ones with real skinny wires. Buy some nice, thick, just tell them you want some good quality jumper cables. Go to one of the auto parts store or Napa or someplace like that. They don't sell them at new car dealerships. So you're going to have to go to Walmart or something. Just don't buy really cheap jumper cables. A good set will probably cost anywhere from, you know, 30 to $50. Yeah, they can be expensive if you get good ones. Okay, you should always have a flashlight in your car. Obviously, you know, you break down during the day, you probably won't need it. But during the night, if you have to change a tire or jump a car off, it's, it's very nice to have a flashlight. You know, the experts recommend that you have some flares, you know, if you're on a busy highway, you certainly want something that you can put behind the car to warn people that maybe some reflective uh, triangles or whatever they call those things, some cones, probably not. But some flares can definitely work, and you'll see a lot of truck drivers that put those out because they want to warn people that, hey, I'm I pulled over on the side of the road and I might be sticking over a little bit. So it's something very, very important to do. And I personally think you should have an empty one-gallon gas can. Notice there was emphasis there on empty. Don't carry around gas in your car. It's not a good thing to do, uh, especially in a sealed environment. You know, those fumes, that's, that's not smart. It could spill over and, and ruin your, your trunk area. So just get an empty can in case you have to walk someplace and get gas. You don't want to have to borrow one of those. Um, a tire gauge. You know, that can prevent a lot of issues. One of the reasons that tires blow out and w or wear out prematurely, one of the main reasons, is because people don't monitor their tire pressures. You will eliminate a lot of the potential problems that you have if you just check your tire pressure once a month because you will lose about two pounds a month uh, in your tires. So if it's, you know, let's say you're getting your oil changed every six months, you're losing 12 pounds of pressure in your tire if you don't check it and add anything to it. And that's why your tires are wearing out in 25,000 miles instead of wearing out at 50,000 miles. It can really make that much of a difference. Okay, and I would also have a, a couple factory oil filters. You know, I'm not a big fan of putting aftermarket oil filters on your car, especially if you're out of warranty. And if you just really run out of time and you need to go to a fast lube place, you know, and they have, you know, the oil that you need, but they don't have the filter. I mean, they have a filter but it's an aftermarket filter. It's better just to hand them the filter that you have because it will be a better better quality filter and it won't hurt your warranty if you actually go in and you say you have an engine problem or something like that. First thing they're going to do is look and see if you use if it has a factory oil filter on it cuz sometimes they'll blame that. Imagine that. I'm looking for some safety things. You know, it is winter, like I said. And if you break down the side of the road, your car starts running, you're in a cold parking lot or something waiting for somebody to come rescue you. You might need some blankets. Wouldn't be a bad idea to throw some of them in, in the back. Um, you know, <laughs> I was reading uh, a recommendations of, what was it, Popular Mechanics or something. They said you should have duct tape and uh, zip ties. I thought, just thought that sounded kind of funny. You know, like you were going, what would you need duct tape for? Well, maybe to hold up something that underneath the hood that's falling apart. Zip ties, maybe to, if your exhaust maybe a bracket on your exhaust broke and it was dragging on the road, you might need something. That might work. Also, would be nice if you wanted to to uh, kidnap somebody and throw them in the trunk, the duct tape, and the, I'm kidding. I did not 
Did I actually say that? I guess I did. I didn't mean it, though. That's what you always see in the movies. You know, the police pull the people over, open up the trunks, and say, hey, what's that duct tape and zip ties and that shovel in the back for? I would personally rather not have to explain that. Okay, so, so maybe sh- should you keep some water, some water bottles in, in the back? You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get hot and cold and hot and cold. You know, it could freeze. So, you know, that's something to think about, though, especially when you go on a trip. You know, just stick some water bottles in there and some snacks just in case. Um, of course, most of our snacks end up on the floorboard, and I end up vacu- vacuuming the crumbs up. But these are just some important things, and I, I swear I think the most important thing is is if you ever have to, if you're ever out on your own and you have to change a tire on your vehicle, do you know how to do that? I mean, if you of course you say, well, I'm always with my husband. Well, maybe you won't be sometime, and you have a problem, no cell signal. Would you even attempt that? You know, there's a lot of people that would, and they'd rather hitchhike or you know go find a house or something and and try to do that, but. And it's probably more reasonable today because tires are so much better than they used to be. You just don't see people have a lot of flat tires or blowouts or stuff like that like you used to, but it still can happen. Uh, there is a jack and a lug nut wrench somewhere in your car. Do you know where it is? Have you ever looked for it? Have you ever looked at the instructions for changing the tire? What if you had to jack your car up? Do you know how to operate the jack? I bet there's not 1% of the people that buy a new car that actually look for that and then try to figure out how to do it. You know when they do it, right? It's when they have a flat and they can't find it. That happened to me. I was driving a Mazda MPV van that my wife was driving as a demonstrator, and I went to a little shopping center over in downtown Greenville, and I went into a store. I don't remember what store it was. came out, and I had a flat tire. And so I started looking for the spare tire. I was just, you know, you would think it would be, I don't know, where would the spare tire be in a minivan? You would think it would be somewhere underneath the back. At least that's what I thought. Nope, not there. So I ended up, thank goodness I had the owner's manual in it. Sometimes we don't put owner's manual in, uh, owner manuals in cars that we haven't sold yet. We keep them in a file in the in this dealership. But in this case, we had the owner's manual there, so I opened it up. And it showed me, and it was actually mounted underneath the floor, basically under the middle row of seats. And I said, what a weird place to put a spare, but I'm glad I knew where it was. We lowered it down. I took, I did all the tire changing and stuff. Because, if, folks, if I called my dealership to get them at that time, now they would understand because I'm old. But if I would have called the dealership at that time to have them come and change my tire, I, they would have laughed at me. Yes, I would have had to endure some some fun-making, jocularity. I didn't want to have to deal with that. So anyway, I changed the tire. Now, if I had to uh, change a tire, like I had a flat at the dealership or something like that, i just called Johnny. Johnny would come take care of it. But you may not have a Johnny, and I do know what a lug nut is, and I have changed to many. Uh, something, again, I recommend some just some dads just or moms, just basic, uh, going over the car. Uh, opening the hood, you know, sometimes we just kind of throw them the keys and say, well, have fun, be safe, come back by 10 o'clock. And that's all we do. We don't tell them the things, some of the fundamental things that they need to be able to do. And also where certain things are on the car, I think everybody needs some basic car knowledge, like how to check the oil. 
how to check the air pressure on a tire. Can you do that? Do you know how to do that? Do you know what a valve stem is? Uh, do you know what a fan belt is and where they are and how to look at them and tell if they're old and maybe need to be replaced? You know, do you know the difference between the the uh, transmission dipstick and the and the oil engine oil dipstick? Do you know where your uh, windshield washer tank is? You know, if you ever have to add any fluid to that. Uh, do you know how to check the the uh, level on your radiator? Would you ever do that? Is there any need? I think so. I think it's important to know that just when you go in to get your car serviced and some guy comes up to you and said, yeah, we need to flush your radiator. Oh, really? Well, I just checked it uh, last week and it looked perfectly clear to me. Oh, okay, sorry. Maybe you don't. Knowledge is power, right? Okay, I'll take my last break and be back here in just a second. Well, folks, it looks like the Federal Trade Commission is cracking down on some bad dealer practices that I talk about on a regular basis on this show. Uh, one of the things I really haven't talked about is is race discrimination on uh, when it comes to auto loans. So apparently, um, blacks and Hispanics pay $230 more for cars than and for car loans than um, white folks do. And so, um, at least th at this particular dealership, that's what they did. So they fined the dealership $3.3 million for that and for what they called fake fees and charges that have no value to the consumer. And they didn't care if the consumer signed for it. Um, they, I, I guess their position is this stuff should not even be offered and like we were talking about the other day, some of those products like Secure Itch, you know, what is that? And those kind of things shouldn't be offered. And, you, and somebody certainly shouldn't pay $3,200, which was the case on this. Well, no, it was $3,398 that somebody paid for something called Secure Itch, which if it's the, which it, if it's the glass etching stuff that, or the sticker that goes on the door, that's 50 bucks is what that costs the dealership. Um, I, I don't sell that crap, and and a lot of dealers do, and that and boosts their margin. So the FTC doesn't like that, so maybe they're on our side. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. Please send me an email with your questions or comments or whatever to mycarguru2020 at gmail.com, or you can send me a text message to my cell phone. It's the only one I got, 423-552-2020. And I guess we'll see you next time.